Welcome to the Two Man Game podcast here, and I think our inaugural recording during the day. Mm-hmm. We usually record after the sun is set. Even in the summer, we'll wait till nine thirty until the sun goes down because we're at our best at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, like any two pair of college kids, it's only four. Um, it's not even. It's 4. not even four p.m. here, uh, Saturday, June eighth. Um, June eighth, big day around these parts. Our priest is retiring. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll just make the call towards his. I, I just all kinds of interesting news, you know. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the least of which is uh, the NBA Finals, and then in a few weeks, the NBA Draft. Wait, so. there's an NBA Finals going on? Uh, yeah, we might discuss it. Um, there's a guy named Kawhi Leonard. He doesn't do anything but score. Uh, but That's he's a lot. That's true. Um, he doesn't talk. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the Finals for a little bit. He scored more points than words he, like, spoke. That entire game. Yeah. Oh, I heard something about the way he trash talks is he just states facts. Like, he'll just be like, bucket, layup, <laughs> defense. <laughs> like, that's how he talks in his opponents, and it's like, what the hell are you, what? He's just stating facts, <laughs> and I can't stop him. Be like, three. <laughs> it's just like, three-point shot. <laughs> Pull up. <laughs> um, but no, the final's been kind of wacky, so we think we'd, uh, we might address them, since after all, it's the most important basketball, right? And all we talk about is basketball in this podcast, basically. Sometimes football, but... Sometimes football, maybe even some baseball. <laughs> what did yeah, we talk last we'll talk week? We got baseball. into World Cup a little bit. World Cup's going on again, but it's women's, and guess what? Uh, we're dicks, and we don't give a shit about Women's World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the USA's good, though. Tell him when the USA wins again. I remember the last World Cup I watched. was The last time I watched the Women's World Cup was when the U.S. beat the crap out of, what, Australia or something? They beat pretty much anybody. Yeah, China. Like, they won, like, just like six Brazil to nothing. in the U.S. <laughs> Yeah, good. they won six nothing in like the final last year. Um, Carly Lloyd with five goals. Yeah, I remember that. See, Abby I mean, we watched Rapino. some women's. World Are those Cup? people still there? Rapino, Wombeck. Who's there. the goalkeeper? Is I don't know. Alex Morgan Hope, Hope Solo, but didn't she like? I don't think she's there. And she like she seduce her nephew or something like something that. Something like that. It was a weird story. But Hope Solo <laughs> or no, not Alex Morgan's still there. Alex Morgan's still there. There's like one girl that's. Get a hot women's soccer team, not gonna lie. I do. <laughs> um, Very attractive. But these finals have been pretty They're either hot like too. really good or really bad. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, so we'll talk about that. Then we're gonna do a little segment. Uh, we're, we're, we're excited. Our five hottest NBA draft takes. We're coming at you. We're throwing them as hot. We're throwing 90 miles an hour like a Roldis Chapman. 106. Mm-hmm. They're coming in as hot as they can be. Um. Make sure you put your phone in the shade. It might, you know, combust, overheat <laughs> when we start uh, spilling our takes They're just here so in a little bit, in a, in a few minutes. Um, but first, before we talk about any of that, uh, Bob Marley. All right, so Cameron, last night you watched the finals, I'm still kind of important. A little bit. A little bit, a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, I settled in. I was. I didn't watch as much as I wanted to. But. I watched the whole thing from start to finish and was uh, impressed, in awe, confused, dumbfounded, uh, the whole gamut of emotions. And, had, and then I was happy. They had Clay Thompson I want and Kevin word, Looney, so they couldn't be like, oh, Steph had yes. nobody, which is bullshit because he had... Iggy Dollar and Green, but yeah. whatever. Um, well, Comparing no. it to LeBron year where the Cavs literally had Delvedova, Mozgov. Mozgov is their best players. Yeah. 
But no, I, I, the 2015 comparisons with Curry's group to LeBron's, it's like, no. It's like defensively and just like from an experience standpoint, Curry has Iguodala and Green, who are and pro- Cook probably going to make the Cook whole thing. played better than any guard for LeBron did. Besides, LeBron. yeah, like Del Vadova, who <laughs> had that one stretch, and he's, he's been silent since. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Toronto last night uh, just kind of came out gangbusters in the second half and out-warriored the Warriors in the third quarter. The Warriors' third quarter team, you know, oh, we go on these massive runs, we beat the, we kick the crap out of teams on the, in the or third like quarter. down at halftime and then Steve yeah. Kerr's like coach. But no, that was the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard was just like, nah, I'm going to come up and I'm going to come out and take a pull-up three. I saw something that <laughs> they were like, Nick Nurse, what he's doing is going to get like half the coaches fired. I tweeted like, that. You tweeted that? I, I said, no, I said this Nick Nurse phenomenon is going to get yeah. half the coaches in the NBA fired. I, you tweeted that, really? Yeah. <laughs> I just happened to scroll through that. I thought that was funny. Oh. And no, true. like, are we serious? We're, we're reaching a point, like, look at the template t- uh, Toronto took to get here. It's not, like, for a while. The way every contender besides Toronto and Milwaukee built their team this year is let's acquire as many really... Uh, just all-stars, all-NBA guys, superstars, guys who make a lot of money. We'll top-load our teams with, like, Philadelphia's get Embiid, Simmons, Butler, Harris, you know. Of course, the Lakers tried to get Anthony Davis. You know, they're wanting kind of in the Kawhi talks about trying to get him as a free agent or trade for him last summer. And then Paul George, of course, they're trying to sign him. He ended up going back to OKC. And then, of course, you got the Warriors who got Curry, Clay, Durant, Green. Like, all these front-loaded teams are the teams that have been uh, in contention every year going back to like you know Cavs had Irving LeBron love like it's these big three big four we haven't really when was the last time we saw a team with one superstar win a title Kobe back in 2000 what 10 or wait yeah 2010 was that the Lakers won it then well yeah I mean but they had yeah they had Pau Gasol Still, like, but like, this is the first time we've seen that since then, and with all the player move, with the player movement era in full swing. The Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, with no, 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 Dirk. yeah, that's right. How did I forget the Mavericks with Dirk? That's probably the last one. But really, it's just not like it doesn't seem it, it, doesn't it hasn't to people in the media and to I guess just the country at large. It doesn't it doesn't it hasn't seemed like a viable way to win a title because no one's done it within the last six years. But no, this. Toronto Raptors team has built a team with yeah, they traded for Kawhi. Are we gonna start seeing this now? Hey, make a big trade for a guy in the last year of his deal. Like we got that coming up with Anthony Davis. Uh-huh. We can have the exact same scenario play out. Um, but no, with Kawhi, then they just kind of ha- filled him in with all these role guys. They basically played seven dudes. You know, you got Lowry, Van Vliet, Danny Green, Kawhi, Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam. But like, and then ba- uh, besides Kawhi, who's going off for what, thirty a game now, they're playing like whack a mole. With the supporting players, like Warriors, the shutdown Gasol. Oh, wait, here comes Ibaka with 20 points. All right, Grant, Danny Green went off. We, we caught him down. Oh, here's Van Vliet or Lowry. Like, it's just a whole slew of dudes making plays instead of just th- three or four dudes making everything. That's absolutely true. And I just want to point out that I said before the final started that Kevin Durant will not play another yeah. game in a Warriors jersey. And I still believe that. It's looking that like that's how it's going to be. His last game as a Warrior is in the past, mm-hmm. and that's my well, hot saying, take for the yeah, finals yeah, right now. Take. I got another one. It's a hot take podcast. I want another one. Okay, let's go. Kawhi, if they win, he's going to stay in Toronto. Hmm. 
I, I, dude, it's, I've given up trying to read what Kawhi Leonard is going to do. The guy's emotionless. Because <laughs> I don't think he cares. I think... I, I, I don't think I genuinely have goes. no idea what he cares about. All he all he knows is he can win with the Raptors, mm-hmm. and like, so why not stay? Because they're gonna obviously off mm-hmm. try to get him back. The Kawhi and Dime, we're giving him free meals. We'll give him a free house, probably. <laughs> like he owns property in Toronto. It's like, well, he does live there right now and play there. Yeah, I saw that report. I was like, okay, like really? So does everybody. Like, why wouldn't you own that property in the? Everybody <laughs> that lives. Or, like, plays mm-hmm. somewhere they own property. Well, like, I, Kawhi could also just be cynical and be like, oh, this was a great championship, but I'm gone. I'm leaving. I want to go to Los Angeles. Like, <laughs> very simple. I feel like he's a very simple man, but he might just be like, yeah, well, we won. I'll try to win again. Yeah. I mean, but if we just think about... He's the type of guy that he's not going to overthink. He's just going to be like, oh, I won here, so yeah. I'm just going to come back. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's just truly emotionless. And no matter how much love he gets and how emotional of a experience winning a finals is for Canada he won't even care but no let's talk about okay so do you do we think the Warriors are done if they don't get KD they, they need, don't get KD no they're done I, I they hesitate to say they cannot win three in a row without KD I hesitate to say they're done because I, it's the Warriors man like think about like how crazy okay it's not cr- out they had everybody there and they got beat by yeah. 14 pretty easily I know but it's not like you wouldn't be shocked if oh the next game we go to game 5 Steph and Clay go off, and Draymond does his thing, and they win. And then you're coming back to Golden State, last game in Oracle for Game Six, mm-hmm. and then look, and then they might win that game, and then you're sitting there Wasn't like, it not oh, too long ago, three and three. Though it, where the finals was different, where it was like two games at the Raptors, the and then three, three games. I think the last time they did that was the 2012 Which finals I think is with dumb. OKC I don't know why you do that. And the Heat, and then they do Raptors and six and seven. Like the home team in six and seven. Yeah, no, that I, thought, I think thought that that's was a weird. That way would to do help it. better for the Raptors right now, because they pot. That mean they probably go three and two, mm-hmm. and then go home for six and seven, and they just yeah. win one. Well, no, the thing is, them. they just they just went and swept the Warriors in the home slate, I know. which is obviously worst case scenario. But just the way that they did it, Golden State has no answers on defense. Mm-hmm. It's not like Steph and Clay had terrible shooting nights. No, Steph went for forty-seven in one game, and Clay. Though people were saying, oh, he's 70%. Well, guess what? He sort of 28 was like 11 of 18 from the field. He had a great game. They didn't lose because dudes were off. All their dudes played about as well as you could expect, and they got destroyed defensively. <laughs> and there's oh, who's an answer for that? Oh, wait, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. A two-way 6'11 uh, forward nah, who can like, spot up and score 35 a game and plays good uh, defense. The Raptors were kind of in the mentality. It's like, you know, Clay and Steph are going to get theirs. Mm-hmm. Just don't let guys like... Cook or McKinney yeah. or Looney mm-hmm. or even Iggy Dollar like beat you. Or Livingston. Meanwhile, it's the exact opposite for the Raptors. They're like, okay, even if you try to stop Kawhi, he's going to get his numbers. And yet, here goes Lowry and Van Fleet yeah. and all these and Siakam and all these guys just that's popping the, up. That's the difference. Random twenty point games. The, the the difference is they've they filled out their roster with role players that all can contribute and flip games individually. Yeah, Jordan Bell hasn't played very well either. I don't. No, oh, yeah, the Warriors role players and are just non. No. <laughs> they're whatever. They're average like NBA players. When he's not there, that guy that was really mm-hmm. good in the finals. Couple he's years aging ago. quick. Yeah, very. And he's had knee injuries. Though he's I still very don't. Famous knee I, I still don't think he's missed a fifteen footer ever. No. <laughs> or touched the rim for that matter. No, like yeah, I, the the difference in supporting cast is just incredible. I mean, 
Obviously, you can you can debate who's more impactful right now, Steph or Kawhi, but it doesn't really matter because everything else on the periphery is just so much stronger for on the Raptors side of things. Offensively, defensively, just what they what their game plan is, coaching wise, I think Nick Durst is actually out coaching. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I thought last night, like in the first half, he even though like he played into the Warriors' hands, he pushed the pace because he was like, "Look, this is a group of dudes that are not used to playing a lot of finals games. Like the guys are bringing in, and then Steph's got to be tired. He's forty seven. Like Andre Iguodala's older too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got they got a lot of old dudes. Team. They're not young by any yeah. means. And while pushing the pace may like result in the Warriors getting a lot of transition points in the first half, they definitely felt it because in the third quarter, Toronto was the fresher team and just came out and blitzed them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, series heads back to Toronto, and they've got a chance to clinch it here. Uh, this, I mean, I'm trying to put this into a historical perspective. Uh, not not necessarily from Kawhi's standpoint, because that's a different conversation, but, like, they're just such an unexpected champion. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how many how many people, until the finals started, were picking Toronto to w- even have a shot at the championship. Mm. You didn't hear it all year. It was like, they had a good record. Uh, after all, they finished with a better record than the Warriors. I mean, they've been, they beat them one out of two times in the regular season. I don't think This is even, a really good team, but no one ever took them well, seriously until now. they didn't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. A, a couple different bounces in, of, of the rim, and that could be a... Overtime Game 7. Overtime Game 7, and who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Embiid or Butler go off. It's like, that's why, I mean, it's so, such a small margin of error. But now they've I really think, hit their stride. In terms of unpredictability, do you have to go back to the Pistons? In 04? Maybe. You have to. That's like, nobody expected the Pistons to win because they didn't have an yeah. offensive superstar. Well, I think it's even more spectacular now because of that. Because like, of who they're team. playing. Yeah. yeah. I know they don't have Durant, but it's still, this is the team that's been to five straight finals. <laughs> they beat a super team in mm-hmm. Eastern Conference semis. They beat it. They beat Giannis. And they beat the best, the best team in the NBA record-wise. And in the then regular season. A, a super team that's mm-hmm. trying to three-peat. Yeah. And, oh, it's oh they haven't beat him yet. But. It's historic. It's incredibly impressive, and I mean Kawhi Leonard, Nick Nurse, just give him the Hall of Fame right they're now. Just every <laughs> single person they're putting in the game is positively impacting the outcome. And you know what's crazy? Not too long ago, the Raptors fired Coach of the Year Dwayne Casey. But and like, we we were like, like, what? We're like, why? <laughs> like he, yeah, they don't win, but like he was Coach of the Year. Like they shouldn't be like winning this much, but like. It was a hell of a move. Even if they melt down and the Warriors come back or KD returns and they end up losing the series, which like it looks unlikely right now. They're a minus like seven hundred favorite right now in Vegas, which I don't know if you know. That's 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 pretty high odds of winning the title there. But even if that that happens, Warriors come back. Their plan still worked. Like they are here. They traded for the superstar for one year, possibly. They have to win one get one out yeah. of three. They paid Van Vliet. They they traded for Gasol, who's been good. They, they, they looked at Ibaka and Lowry's contracts, who are getting paid maybe a little too much, and said, well, screw it. We, we're not going to move them for less valuable assets mm-hmm. who get paid less. We'll just keep them because they can be impactful. All in on one they year. went all in on this year. <laughs> and then, then they hired a new coach. I mean, they just every move they made was flawless and ended up Got rid of uh, working. Elon Wright. <laughs> yeah, just every— I just think it got rid of, like, people. Their rotation like, is so crisp. And settled, and I love it. I love the rotation. Uh, every single player that comes in the game just ha- can do so much for them. I think Danny Green is probably the most simple player they have in their rotation. 
He's just like a 3 and D guy. But like the other six, you know, Lowry, you can really see Lowry's like toughness and effort just Same really, really game-changing. Yeah, and Van Vliet. I mean, the dude lost a tooth in the middle of the game <laughs> last night making big shots. You know, Ibaka came in, hasn't really played a ton or played a lot of really good minutes so far in the finals, but 20 Blocking, points, yeah. Came in, made a three, couple jumpers, dunks. Siakam does his thing, and he's a weird player and really At high 30 energy. in the first game. Yeah, and then Gasol's just like a veteran guy who can pass the ball and plays really good defense. Just really smart. Like I, I just love the way their team is built. Of course, all around Kawhi Leonard, their superstar, who is just a robot and isn't necessarily a guy who needs to dominate the ball in order Absolutely. to dominate the game. He doesn't. But he does. But he does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but, like, after this, obviously we think Golden State's going to lose Durant, and we don't think he's going to return. Absolutely, yeah. Come on. Like, dude, Durant, come on. Like, are you kidding me, man? What are you doing? Like, He I, came to the to win championships. And well, no, just, like, that, I mean with his injury. Dude, like, give it a go, at least. Yeah. A strained calf. That's really what it was. I, I assume it was a partial tear. Nobody, A strained calf is, like... It's like that's like something I'd do on a run, and I'd be fine a day later. Mm-hmm. This is this is definitely a partially torn cap, but like, come on, man! I they showed video of Kawhi Leonard after the game. The dude's hobbling around. His right leg is all jacked up. Did you see the video of? <laughs> I'm like that dude just went for 35 or whatever. <laughs> the video of uh, the Raptors coming in to the locker room. Yeah, no smiles. No smiles. <laughs> like they like Kawhi taught him something. Yeah, just, they all look pissed. They all look like they just <laughs> lost game seven. Yeah. <laughs> They look like they're not celebrating and they're ready to go win Game Five. Yeah. I mean, look, th- is it really possible we're going to see Golden State out outed in five games in a finals? That's very. Possible. That's crazy. It's That's at the, crazy. It's, at the it's at the Raptors. Those I fans wanna... are going to be crazy. The role players look. Just tell me how many threes people not named Kawhi Leonard make, and I can tell you who's going to win generally. <laughs> Even though last five. night they didn't necessarily the role players What's didn't necessarily make a lot of good three point shooting. The people outside of. Kawhi have to hit uh, that they win. They get to eight or nine, they're gonna win. I mean, because that's Danny Green, Vimpley, Danny Green made Lowry. Yeah, those dudes all made a ton in uh, Game Three. Um, then done as much in Game Four, Maybe Powell, but still, but just defensively in Game Four, Toronto was incredibly impressive. Um, I think it's more than eight or nine, because like you said in Game Three, that was closer, and they made a ton. No, Game 3, I think Game 3, the Raptors had control from start to finish. They were up 10 to 15 the whole game. Golden State never really got back in it. Last night... But they, they no, they did. Right after halftime, they were very close. Yeah, but I never, like, I never felt, I never felt the, the Golden well, yeah, State was threatening. Danny Green hit six threes. Yeah, well, no, I guess I mean, like, last night, they were down four at halftime, the Raptors were... And then Golden State, and I was like, God, Curry and Clay are still out here. And, like, I just felt less... I felt more uneasy about the well, yeah, Raptors win. Everybody feels better when they're <laughs> up, but like, well, no, like even when they're up late in the game, I was, like, ah! <laughs> I was like, "Come on!" It's still Golden State. A ten-point lead against Golden State is a yeah. is not the, as the, big. The, it's like Virginia, mm-hmm. totally different reason, but it's like Virginia. It's like ten-point lead against Virginia is like twenty. Yeah, but it's the opposite. It's the opposite, yeah, because Virginia's slow it's and all that. So kind of slow stuff. and really good at defense. Um, so yeah, no. Before, I, this has been an incredibly entertaining finals. I I've loved everything Toronto. Uh, so okay, move on from the finals. We'll we'll reconvene in a few days, hopefully with a new champion. The Raptors, um, hopefully. Hopefully the Raptors. I'm really banking. I want it to be the Raptors. Very bad. 
Although, I, I kind of would want to see the odds on a Golden State comeback <laughs> in seven. I kind of want to see the odds. If they're long enough, I might take a flyer on it. They're plus right. 500, I think I saw, which is, eh. That's not, that's not great. I mean, their odds are better to do that than the Cavs were, and they did it. Probably. Wait, they Come don't, from but guess one. what? Uh, LeBron James isn't walking through that door. Yeah, but they still have... Kevin Durant, maybe. Kevin Durant has to come back, I think. Yeah, yeah, let's have a chance. If Kevin Durant comes back, like, it's like, they're like, Durant's full go, game five. Do we change think... our opinion? Our prediction? Like, no, no, like, let's, think... let's just say he said he did, he is. Let's just, let's just say he does. That Warriors clear. goes to game seven, and the Raptors win. Yeah, I just, I think he'd have to get acclimated, but I don't know, he's Kevin Durant. At least we can put to sleep the narrative of they're better without KD. Well, I think that was ridiculous okay, from so the start. He, you said he comes back game five, mm-hmm. but like, they're still the best team in the league, without a doubt, with Kevin Durant. Yeah. So, but the Raptors still just have to win one out of three. Mm-hmm. No matter what, they have to win one out of three. And this isn't a fluke. The Raptors have won 13 of the 16 quarters so far. Yeah. This isn't a fluke at all. And look, the KD-less Warriors are not as good as you think. They're under 500 in finals games without Kevin It was a Kevin very Durant. likely possibility that they were down 3-1 three three against Portland. Yeah, they 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 were down by they were at least down 16. in the second half of all of those games yeah. by a lot of points, double digits, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, said no, the KD list Warriors look overall over their their entire run, they're under five hundred in the finals games without him. Obviously, beat Cleveland the first year, then lost, and this year it's been a mess. Uh, and with them, they're eight and one. Take that stat for what you will. Kevin Durant's actually good. Jesus Christ! <laughs> all right. Um, Really? God, I can't believe I can't believe really anybody suggested that a team was better off without one of the best five or six scores in the history of the NBA. It's the Ewing theory. <laughs> the Ewing, th- Patrick Ewing was a slow center, slow, not too efficient center who wasn't a transcendent player and never won a title. <laughs> Patrick Ewing, <laughs> like come on, Kevin Durant is miles better than Patrick Ewing in I'm just saying, very many theory, ways, which um, I don't agree with at all. But that's. Yeah. People. All right, we, we want to get into our hot draft takes. Yeah. Okay, so to continue on with our never-ending draft coverage, no. now, we're really hitting the draft hard. But I like draft. Our draft's fun. Uh, we got we got each of us, me and uh, Cameron here, each have five hot takes. Our hottest takes I'm about the draft. I'm a big fan of hot takes because if you're wrong, it's not like. You're but if wrong. you're right, you look like but a genius. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a. Like, the only thing that's going to happen if you're wrong, like, the worst-case scenario if you're in the media is, like, oh, takes exposed, get you. And that like goes, and that's, like, a thing for 25 minutes on Twitter. <laughs> you're like, like, oh, he was wrong. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you got me. I was wrong. Yeah, I feel like they do those Skip Bayless ones. He has oh, a ton God. of those. Well, Skip Bayless, like, there's a difference between make, was... getting a couple things wrong and just being Skip Bayless. Yeah. And just knowing you're, you're spewing crap and saying it anyway. I think he has a <laughs> mindset. He's like... I'm getting paid a lot. I'm not gonna get fired. I'm just gonna say yeah. some shit, and it'll sound like. I'm and people smart. are gonna listen to it because it's sound, it's just ridiculous sometimes. It's <laughs> totally off the wall. Um, but okay. So Cameron, great con. What is your first uh, hot? Your hottest draft take. Your first one. It's about John Morant, and I think he has. All right, read it off to me. Some of the the biggest bust potential. Biggest bust potential. Um. Big I'm a, John Morant. That's I like John Morant, but my only thing is he's skinny. No defense whatsoever. Not very good at defense. <laughs> you know, he like he just doesn't play defense. And he yet. doesn't have a jumper. Mm-hmm. A he bad is jumper. an amazing athlete, mm-hmm. an amazing passer, really good rebounder for his position. It's just 
Triple double threat. Yeah. His fit in the NBA. The modern I'm just NBA. Just not sure. Well, the modern NBA. Yeah, you need a jump shot. Is the big deal. Yeah. Uh, with Morant, there's questions about his jumper. The, the people like the jump. The questions about his jumper should be put to sleep after that performance against Florida State. Okay, he made five three pointers. And yeah, a lot. I've of, made five three pointers. <laughs> a lot of what he's done is against poor OVC. OVC. Ohio Valley Conference. Which for those he of you did that don't play know. very well against Auburn and very well mm-hmm. against Florida State mm-hmm. and very well in the tournament in general. Yeah, but it's hard. His frame is a little slender. He's six three, which isn't like really big. I he don't is think an incredible he's three. Do you think well, he's a legitimate six three? I think he's none shorter. of them are. You really, you know they they take the only heights they take from people are the ones with shoes on. But that's the one you should. So if he's sitting here, he's that's probably six two. That's the one you should. Well, yeah, I guess so. Which because you're going to be wearing shoes in the game. <laughs> but, like, that's not how I say my height. That's how I do it. Really? It's I like ha- I, Well, I mean, you know like, when you, like, go to the doctor and you, yeah. you, you don't have suited shoes on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess not. So I, that's what I do. Yeah, so exactly. Now, so why shoes. are we... Oh, God, it doesn't make any sense. But it's the height when they play basketball. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's what you're going to look at. So, like, I okay, so back to Morant. What's the worst-case scenario for him? The jumper never improves. He's a terrible defender. And then what are you left with? A guy just a who's a really good athlete and a good passer. Yeah. But, like, that could be a lot of... There's so many players that are like that in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stick out in any other I don't event. think he's worse than an average point guard. No. Because, like, the passing vision is just off the charts. But I think, he's also just an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. As the number one, two... Number two pick, though, yeah. like, it's like mm-hmm. there's... I think there's a chance that... Yeah. He's not a lottery-caliber player. Yeah, well, I mean, also, we've heard all... Uh, spring and into the summer that this is a weak draft and I've seen I've read stuff that says oh Morant would be like the seventh pick last year or what have you and it's just like just because we have a watered down talent base makes Morant look like a surefire guy yeah. when we would have a lot of questions if he was another year I hope I'm wrong because mm-hmm. he I'll give him credit uh, from freshman to sophomore year he improved his three point shooting percentage by six percent where did he go from 30 to 36 which is yeah. not bad, but he, just, he doesn't take a lot of shots. That's uh-huh. kind of why. And a lot but, of them are open, and it's not like he was facing being guarded by tremendous athletes no. who were able to contest his jumpers a lot. Usually, they're, he's shooting. He's facing smaller guards. Yeah, because usually the better mm-hmm. teams have taller, more athletic. Oh guards. yeah. Um, okay, John even, Moran, even bus Auburn. Potential. I look about the team. Well, yeah, Jared, Jared teams, Harper. Jared Harper, mm-hmm. and then. Florida State had the has a sword. Florida State, too. he struggled. Yeah, he couldn't get to the rim against Florida State because guess what? They're a bunch of big, long af- athletes, and but that's they have a kind short guard State too. Is. So he might have been able to shoot. And Marcus Forrest. Howard, Marcus Howard, he's yeah, Marcus sure. Howard didn't necessarily have a good. And he's day. a terrible defender too. Well, Mark gets a terrible defensive team. They had that Howard is just tiny, and then the Hauser brothers are slow, slow footed, aren't and great they got defenders. Theo John, Theo John's not a rim protector. <laughs> no, guys, we're talking. You want to hear my Theo John draft takes? <laughs> Uh, I couldn't. <laughs> they don't. They don't exist. Does. That guy is never gonna play a minute in the NBA. Sorry, Theo John. <laughs> We're bashing you for no reason, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on the pod. Bring him on the pod. <laughs> Let's have him on the podcast. We'll sit down. He's Ther- better than both of us. Therapy you know, session. We're not. <laughs> yeah, he's six eight or ten or whatever. Strong dude. All right. Have you ever right. been curious, like how good you'd be if you were six five? I look. If I was tall, I know I would be playing basketball in college if i if my skill set stayed the same no come on i like i'm 58 but if i was a foot taller come on i like <laughs> you think there's people at 68 that are more skilled than you that you couldn't play in the nba or the or in college i mean not the nba i think it, nba is one of the be a low level college player 
I don't think so because look, I, I could have developed a jump shot if I just went in the gym for hours and hours, which I would have done if I was six eight. No, I'm telling you, being a six eight basketball player, if you actually but like basketball, s- it's so easy. There's so many six eight basketball players that are. But a lot of them are just six eight basketball players because they're six eight. Like you and I both really like basketball, so if we were six eight, we'd work at it a lot more than maybe your average person. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you should say like without a doubt you're going to be in college. I think you played high school easily. Six seven and six eight. It's like how easily many? There's nobody. Nobody's that tall. Oh, easily high school. Yeah, every, yeah. I don't. I, I'd hesitate to say college. Mm-hmm. At the college level, maybe Division two. Well, just think of how many play, people do you know that are six eight and care about basketball as much as like you or I do. I don't know anybody. I've never, like, personally, obviously everybody in the NBA and stuff. Like, personally, I've never met anybody. See, exactly. Most of the time when you see tall people, they're like, I don't like basketball. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Give me your like, get a life. Jesus Christ. Go play, go grab a basketball. Jesus. That's why Kenny should be really good. He's 6'4". Six, 6'3". Four, six, six, yeah. 6'4 yeah, six, four with two, uh, high six, heels three, on. Maybe. Yeah, 6'4 <laughs> with high heels on. Right. Um, well, yeah, but, like, 6'3 six, six, is... Still, he still takes six three over whatever I am. Five, well, yeah, and nine. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm five eight. I hate playing pickup basketball because I'm so short. <laughs> well, I love playing pickup basketball. It frustrates me. I feel I'm like I'd be a really good rebounder. I'm a really good rebounder now. Yeah. That's... I think if I was six seven, I'd be like Luka Doncic. I really want. <laughs> I really want to be t- like chubby <laughs> and slow. <laughs> yeah, but there's my hottest draft pick. I'd be Luka Doncic if I was six seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to be. I want to be six five uh, and like have a long wingspan. Shitty me. I want to be seven foot four and just as athletic as I am right now. Oh yeah, well of course, but Run and like not have skinny and... legs like Bobo. Yeah, just be yeah. You'd mm-hmm. be really good. You top five pick, I'd say. <laughs> okay, all right. We're gonna move on to our second hot take. Uh, John Morant bust. That's a ah, God. You're coming out of the gates. Um, here's mine. I'm gonna start off slowly and kind of get crescendo at the end of the draft with my hottest take. So I'm gonna tell you this, Goss. Here's a hot take. I think the big men. I think this is a good big man draft. I think there are a lot of good big men that will be really good in the NBA. So like, I made a little list. No, uh, did I? No, I did not. Uh, I gotta go look at my big board. I'll my make, big board. I mean, I can point out some right now. You got Brandon Clark, Jackson Hayes, mm-hmm. PJ Washington, Goga. Because mm-hmm. I know you're my big guy. on Goga. Uh, Claxton's another I dude. Think I think he can put be Zion really good. Is a big guy because no, he he's a, he's. I don't know what he defensively, is. Defensively, he can play the four. Yeah, but he's not like a big. Like he's not. He's not a traditional big man. No, Claxton. He can play three. Is like if you can play three, you're generally not a big to me. Yeah. But no, I just like. I think Brandon Clark will be an immediate impact. <sighs> Those guy. are a lot of like. Boomer bust kind of guess though. So. I think Washington will be really good just because he's smart, and then Patatsi is all kinds of potential. What's your uh, opinion on Grant Williams? <laughs> um, that's we're saving that for later. Okay, we're saving that for later, my friend. Uh, <laughs> are you really big if you're six seven? No, or six for six. I'm tall. No, but like a guy I like is Claxton. I've really gotten high on him because well, I have him at eleven. It looks like yeah, I have him at eleven. I moved up to eleventh on my big board because uh, interesting. Basically, he's a super athletic dude who tries really hard on both ends of the court and has is really raw. But like unlike Jackson Hayes, he has some real basketball IQ and skill. Like he's a he led Georgia in assists and he was essentially their lead playmaker. Yeah. They, they, they used a seven-foot guy as a lead playmaker in a college basketball system. I like it. And it's not like he's Giannis. Like, it's... He's decent off the dribble, I think. He can be, he can be a dude that makes plays off the short roll. Like, a, like no, I'm not going to say Draymond, but, like, you know, that kind of player that you... 
pick and roll, slide it to him, and then they can go score, and he's left-handed, or they can pass the ball. You know, all kinds of things. He's I got think good it, vision. I think if you're a team in the lottery, you should definitely go for a big man. Mm-hmm. Especially, well, if obviously, there's if a good you, amount if you of need them, because, like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a good amount of them, but, mm-hmm. like, the few that are there, you might as well want to get them. Yeah, I mean, a lot there's of, a lot of guards every year. And I don't think we're looking at these dudes. Like, last year we saw a guy with Aiden where it's like, has the NBA aged out of a, just a dominant low-post guy? Mm-hmm. But this year, no, I think these are modern big men. Like, Brandon Clark's a dude that's really a really switchable defensive player who's just an elite athlete. And P.J. Washington's like that, too. P.J. Washington's smart guy. can play maybe in potentially the 3-4 or small ball 5 like he did at Kentucky sometimes. Good rebounder, smart player. Claxton's an oddball, really unique, but... Just a hustle guy, and then Patazzi's a kind of more of a traditional like stretch big who can protect the rim a little bit. Bobo, almost in the Jaron Jackson Jr. mold. Bobo, and Bobo's another guy if you really want to take a flyer. <laughs> I I wouldn't because those knees just look like they're gonna who, buckle. Why at wouldn't any you want a forty game like player? Uh, forty a game per career? No, forty <laughs> game like he plays forty games in a season. Oh, if he gets there in a season, well, heck, that's that. I'd be shocked if he got there next season. <laughs> With all the injuries he has, uh, but like even going down further, uh, I like a I, like another guy I like is like Isaiah Roby. He's kind of athletic, you know, can shoot the three a little bit. There's just a lot of good modern big men that I think can develop. Jonte Porter is a good one. Yeah, Jonte Porter, like the next wave of big men in the NBA because we're seeing the last. Trey Goins is a good one just because he's like a little yeah, which he's not on the big boards, but no, no, we'll talk about Trey Goins in a one. minute. Don't worry. Um, okay. But no, I just I like the I think these this is this is a new wave of big men because right now we're stuck with this with this group of big men in the NBA where we don't really know what we're looking for. Every team has a completely different cast of big men. Meanwhile, the guards are well. The more most similar. successful one is Jokic right now. Exactly, and then so also a guy like Carl Anthony Towns is really effective, and so is Embiid, and then other guys that are just floor spacers, yeah. like Capella. I mean, there's just there's so many a lot different of types. Big men, but like if you look at them mm-hmm. and like. You're like, like, are they really mm-hmm. like that great? But like, mm-hmm. like Vucevic was very good, almost all star, and he's completely different than most of the other exactly. big men. But like, I think this is a group of big men that a lot of them have a lot of different skills, whether defensively, offensively, and they're not just one skill guys. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm a rim runner. Oh, I'm a spot up shooter. Oh, uh, I can just score in the there's post. A, like, there's just a lot of variety. There's a lot of skills. room for big men in the NBA. There's like so many. Mm-hmm. They're not, big men aren't going away, just the definition yeah. of them is evolving. It is. Quickly. It's more versatile. Versatile. And I don't have the same concerns that I had with some of the players last year. Where like, we were like, can Bagley really be an effective NBA player? Because he's just kind of an, uh, a guy that does everything inside the arc and is kind of short. And then we had the same with Aiton. Like, just all those kind of questions I don't see as similar. They're more like, what's the upside? Mm-hmm. Compared to, can they be a bust? I don't know. I like it. I wouldn't even mention Jackson Hayes, who's, I guess, more of a traditional guy, kind of just a rim runner, mm-hmm. but still uber athletic and young. All right, now on to your next hot take, Cameron. Uh, well, the Jazz have the twenty third pick, and I think draft, yeah, they will come out winners of the draft of the draft. Like one okay. of the one of the wither. Do they you know second... how they do like the grades? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think they'll get an A because mm-hmm. look, there's a lot of people that I think could help them at that where they you draft. Right, hot take: Jazz are going to be Johnson. a big winner. Cam Johnson, of course. It's possible. Ty mm-hmm. Jerome's possible. Mm-hmm. Kellen Johnson's possible. Three that I think would fit very well. With the Jazz. I we talked about Kellen about with the Jazz more. last week, There's a few days more. ago. Dylan Windler, possibly. There's just a lot of good There's a lot players. of really good fits mm-hmm. there. Because they have 
I think they have three positions that they really need to change soon mm-hmm. if they want to keep being successful. Like point guards, small forward. And well, they told forward. Rubio they're like you're not important and, to us in the offseason. Yeah. That's like he's like oh, that basically means they're not. Yeah, I think anymore. Favors is gone too. That, <laughs> Favors. Talk Favors about is, an old big man who's he, aging out of the league. Yeah, yeah there he's you go. Definitely gone. So they, they have three positions that are open, and I think there's a lot of players that could fill that position. They will be very mm-hmm. good. And also, there's some player. There's some teams that have traded their picks that are like so. You got like team losing teams, a few of them up in the uh, kind of in the higher picks of the draft that mm-hmm. we have. Like Cleveland's got a pick. Brooklyn, who's kind of in flux. And then there's there's teams like San, like Milwaukee, Utah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is another one that, that are trying to that are trying to like win now. And I think there's a lot of good role players that could help you win now. Definitely in the later rounds. And I don't think it's necessarily a shallow draft. What people are like, oh, it's top heavy. Well, yeah, I think it's top heavy, but it's also there's a lot rich of, with good a lot of older players that can help players. you win now. Oh yeah, there's and, a, and that's what's more, more than fun usual. I'd say with like the back end that makes the back end a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lot of college dudes. Because like, it's, it's players that you know, like, there was a couple years they're ago. They're known commodities. Papa Giannis was, like, a 14th Yeah, we kid. had that year where all the foreign and dudes like, got drafted. And then, like, you didn't know what they were getting. But, mm-hmm. like, you know what teams are getting now. And, like, you know they can impact the game, yeah. the team immediately. Mm-hmm. So, and you know how they can fit. And it's just more entertaining that way. I think I think we're going to get more picks. Like, oh, with the 25th pick, they're taking Admiral Schofield rather than... Oh, here's Gershon Yebaselli, and it's like yeah. I, I, the worst case scenario is like they start taking these all these foreign dudes that are kind of in the projected in the back end of the draft, and they start taking them in the end of the first round, and it's like Davidis Arvidas, yeah, Arvidas like just just a bunch of weird guys that nobody knows anything about that they're gonna stash overseas for a few years. But like I think we're gonna get more college hey, Bruno getting pick. They, I remember, yeah, two years away from being two years away. That was the quote I was about to say. I was like, our boyfriend Priscilla said four that. years. <laughs> Four uh, years. You're going to draft him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Raptors. All teams. God. Yeah. Hey. That worked out eventually for the Raptors. They're on the cusp of winning the And then Jay Bills was like, title. so he's four years old. <laughs> he's like, thanks, Mr. Duke Blue Devil, for doing the math Whoa, for us all. He's like, that's Duke Law School right there. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Interesting take. The Jazz are going to come out a winner. I think you could, yeah, you could apply that to like a Philadelphia, the, a Golden I think State. Philadelphia, and there's Utah just a lot of good fits. In Portland, a lot of good one. modern role player fits. I think Cam Johnson. The first I round. think Cam Johnson could fit on Utah, Philadelphia, Portland very well. I think he could fit on every team very well. Six eight guy that can or shoot Oklahoma the hell City. out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Or Boston, shit. All right. Everywhere. My uh, second hot take: uh, taking Grant Williams in the top twenty is ludicrous. Ludicrous! I see it I everywhere. I think that's a hot take. I because I agree. No, no. Well, yeah, you don't think it is. You would be shocked. My editor was. Oh, I got an argument with my editor on on uh, <laughs> on our group chat because he was like, he's like, I'm all aboard the Grant Williams hype train, and I was like, why? Like, I, okay, I watched this dude. PJ Washington dominated him in most of their matchups. Like, <laughs> PJ Washington had no trouble scoring over him, and he's six foot seven and a half or six eight. <laughs> But it's like, no, I'm supposed to be convinced, Cameron, that he's going to be able to guard Pascal Siakam. (laughs) He's a shorter, chubbier, slow forward that can't shoot threes. 
People want to compare to P.J. Tucker. It's like I'd be astonished if he checked in as a good as good a three point shooter as P.J. Tucker next yeah, season, no. which he uh, isn't. I, I don't know if he even had like his release is slow, and he doesn't seem to like to take them very often. He's gonna very f- hesitant. He's gonna flop one time and then get fined and then stop that flopping, and then he's gonna be not as effective. Oh, he is a legendary flopper in college, and a lot of his offenses. I'm just gonna draw fouls in the low post. It's like you don't matter like that in the NBA, dude. Oh, you gotta Embiid, be a superstar. I want to see him play against Embiid. Mm-hmm. Just try to do that. Yeah. Like draw contact and then just be like, like MB just stare at him and like laugh. Yeah, MB <laughs> just like, like stare literally, have his head over him. Just, and like, <laughs> one of those things like what like Hazonja did with Giannis, where he just stepped over him, like get out of my way. <laughs> or like uh, you saw Brandon Ingram did to Harden, and this is Harden. This is a super superstar, a former reigning MVP. After Harden flopped, Ingram just shoved him. <laughs> yeah, imagine Grant Williams, a, a rookie. <laughs> Like a rookie 25th pick Well, they'd make fun that. of rookies anyway. Yeah. So it would be hilarious. And he's like chubby and 6'7 and not really athletic. I think, he's, I think he's like soft. He's really soft. I think he's a tough player who's smart and can pass the ball decently and can score in the post, but like against college teams, the he's SEC too, of all teams. He's too soft for him. Yeah. I don't think he's as tough as you'd make him out to be. I think because yeah. he draws so many fouls, you think he's tough. No, but his foul drawing is weak. Like, when he's tough is when he's getting rebounds and, like, pushing dudes around. Not his... The way he draws fouls is just artsy, and I don't like it. I'm like, dude, just play games. Like, try to score honestly instead of drawing fouls all the time. If he can do that in the NBA, I'll change my whole opinion on him. But there's no way in hell he's going to draw that I don't like... I just am not a big fan of players that I can't envision on a team. If I can't... Like, someone mentioned the Spurs picking him, and I was like, ugh. Really? Like I can't. I can't just. I just can't picture him being Next effective in an NBA. Aldridge. Yeah, I can't picture him being effective in an NBA ecosystem yet. I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. He's done it before. Heck, yeah, like his the Tennessee jazz, team's he been could good. Possibly fit with the Jazz, just because. Well, would you really be excited if the Jazz? No, I exactly, fits. exactly. But I think that'd be one of the better fits. I've seen him, him as high as like number nine on a big board. Yeah, I'm like, get out of here. That's ridiculous. Like you want to say he's got all the intangibles? It's like, yeah, but like. Does he? No. <laughs> like the- theoretical three-point shooter. He has a really come weird on shooter, mm-hmm. like sh- shot from uh, the three. Mm-hmm. It's like it's flat. You know what his best shooting is? The mid-range. It's like, and we hear every year about how the mid-range is going more and more extinct. It is. So yeah. Because think about it, mid-range mm-hmm. is a stupid shot. It's worth the same amount as a layup, mm-hmm. and it's not as worth as much as a three. And then his little trick of trying to draw hook and holds is not going to work. Mm-hmm. No hook and holds in the NBA, thank God. <laughs> Not for him. He's Where he kind of like shit. falls down and like no, kind of bends Yeah, over. no, he puts his arm around the other dude, and when they jump, he just acts like they hook and hold, hook and held him. <laughs> it's the worst shit in the world. I hate watching it. God, I could not stand Grant Williams. Like I, I respect him no, as a player, and he's elite. And I played him too. Elite college player. Dude, I just, we'll I just don't see what, too, what his value is in the NBA. I mean, he got Enoch and Williams in foul trouble, and then a quick he did. Fuck, played him really well, actually. But <laughs> <sighs> whatever. I don't know. I'm over it. He could be really. shut down pretty simply, I think, in the NBA. In the NBA, yeah. Yeah, like, an ath- if, if an athletic dude guards him, he's less effective. What was that game? He shot, like, 20-some free throws and had, like, 40 points. Vanderbilt. That not, was, a, that was... not a chance yeah. he gets more than nah. 10 in a game. Well, are you really giving him shots in your offense? No. How many power forwards in the NBA can he score over right now? No. Can he score against? Like, is that, like, he's undersized. You want to look at it. And the they're going to match his strength and toughness if you want to call it imagine them imagine them playing the bucks and Giannis is guarding them it's like the laughable laughable oh yeah he would chuckle swatty shit he wouldn't be able to get it over athletic big Mm -hmm. men and he wouldn't be able to out like strength Mm -hmm. other big men 
Yeah. So it's really not like a big man. I guess the ideal situation for Williams is he falls to the falls into the Rockets' hands via some weird trade. And becomes a good shooter. Like And develops into a good shooter. I, I just don't like William Stock. Alright, we spent enough time on it. We're comparing him to PJ Tucker. I don't know if yeah. you've heard. <laughs> no, I've heard the comparisons and I think they're ludicrous. <laughs> PJ's like a legendary toughness dude. And definitely not a flopper. Good three point shooter too. Corner specialist. From the corner, yeah. Just one of the all time tough guys. It's like I don't I'm I have to see William prove to me that he's that tough and smart and all that. Either way, what's your next hot take, Cameron? Uh well, mine is like a trade that I think will happen. A trade. The Hawks will trade their 8th, 10th, and their newly acquired 17th in that. To move like way up. And then possibly like the second, the many second round picks they have to move to the top. They've got six picks right now. Five. And get. I think they would want like a guy like. In the top five. They can do all that to trade off like DeAndre Hunter or what? Or maybe I, feel like I think they want Cam Reddish. I think that's what I'm understanding. Well, they could get them at eight and ten. I do. I think I think people are stupid, and I think Cam Reddish is going to end up going in the top eight or we'll, we'll top talk five. About, we'll talk about Cam Reddish. Too. All right. Oh God, Cam Reddish. My my hot take on Cam Reddish. I didn't do a hot take on. But Cam I think Reddish. Atlanta I will possibly get into the top five and mm-hmm. take like a Jarrett Culver. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think he'll drop. Or find to a guy eighth. that dropped. Find a guy that drops out of the top. five. Four or five that they actually value more than others. Maybe like Culver, yeah. or maybe like I think they value Culver. Yeah, or maybe heck, maybe teams go crazy and RJ Barrett falls or something like that. Like, and if you they would get RJ Barrett, that'd night. be big. Exactly. Because I think Trey Young's like a a better, a mm-hmm. decent teammate. But I'd almost just if I was the, the Hawks, I'd just stockpile young guys. Because like right now you got Trey Young, that's you got Herder, you got John Collins. I think that's a good three. Now add two more guys at eight and ten. Maybe like a Cam Reddish if he uh, develops as well as they think, or maybe you get a Sekou Dumbia who just measured in at six ten and is really versatile, or you get Goga to pair next to Collins, or Brandon Clark. Like there's there's a lot of different <laughs> That's ways. That's not my hot take, by the way. I'm just saying <laughs> there's a lot of different ways you could go at eight and ten. I think, and maybe not. Maybe you won't get a superstar. I don't think you will, but you could get good guys to surround, uh, put around Trey Young and John Collins, who could be your stars. John Collins, twenty and ten guy last year. Love John. And can shoot pretty well. Yeah, I love John Collins as a prospect. Trey obviously has it's a lot about of time that scoring Hawks potential. Are like drafting very well, like yeah, the, the Hawks- last four or five picks is like mm-hmm. Collins, Herder, Young. Yeah, Herder ended up being a really good pick. Prince maybe. Yeah, Prince who they just like those traded. are four players that they started last year. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they've been drafting really well. I think GM, I think his name's Travis Schlink. He actually has a vision. And under, I understand what well, he's yeah. trying to do. Unlike someone like the Knicks, where I'm like, I can tell the Knicks players. are just hoping they get, uh, they ho- they're hoping that free agents fall in their hands. Yeah. A mess for years. Well, if you get a bunch of young players, we saw this with the Warriors. Like they just got stockpiled a bunch mm-hmm. of young players. They had Curry and Clay for a while, mm-hmm. and Harrison Barnes were all top ten picks. Yeah. And like, it was just kind of slow. They were bad for a couple years. They just mm-hmm. kept going. Turns and like they all got yeah. really good, and then they're a super team and about to three peat. Hopefully. Turns out trusting the process, not the Philadelphia process of chain-smoking losses, <laughs> but um, the process of just, like, playing things out and in a rebuild, just actually, they, they put an effort to win games, to create develop a winning culture, but also get draft picks in the lottery and just keep stockpiling well, young guys that can be effective coaches. and develop into the something. The whole point of coaches is to develop players. Mm-hmm. Why don't mm-hmm. you use them and I think to they develop got a young players? player-friendly coach in Lloyd Pierce. He is a great coach, I, I, I think... think. He's a good fit for Possibly a young could be coach of the year soon, I think. Yeah. 
I think the Hawks could, depending on how this draft goes or, yeah, the uh, free agents, I think they could be in playoff contention possibly next year. All right. um, So is that your hot take right there? That was my hot take with the Hawks. The Hawks are going to trade their picks. I think think that's a possibility. But unfortunately, I think they might do it for Cam Reddish. Okay. My uh, next one is that the college upperclassmen will be the most impactful players next season from this draft. Hmm. So I'm saying you're one and done. So you're, you're Zion, RJ. I, we'll say we'll put, put Zion on his. We just got to leave Zion off this here. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna leave him off this island for draft conversation. Because he is on his own. He can island. he can sail on his big old yacht that I'm sure he can afford with his new shoe deal, <laughs> and get out of this island of draft conversation. Um, so, like, I'm saying, like, you're one and done, or even, like, a John Morant, who's two and done, just, like, these uber-talented guys that, uh, that haven't been in college very long. So, like, you know, Romeo, Nas, Cam, RJ, Darius Garland, whoever else, Culver, pick a guy. Or the international guys. I think next year the most impactful people in the league will be the upperclassmen. And I don't mean this to say they'll be the leading scorers or will be the on the all-rookie teams necessarily, but I'm looking at even, like, helping their team win or making an impact right on a team that's in the playoffs. And I think there's a lot of guys that could do that. Like oh, I look, well, that goes back to Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, of course. Brandon Clark. A 6'8 dude know. that can shoot threes really well. Kyle Guy should be in the first round, in my opinion. But I'm, mm. I'm not going to. Mm. That's another we'll hot take. That, that was kind of random. But like he, a guy like Admiral Schofield, to me, just he is a hulk of a small forward who can make jump shots and is versatile defensively. So you're a big Hunter fan, then. He's an upperclassman. I didn't even mean necessarily him, but yeah, like DeAndre Hunter to an extent, just a guy that comes in and Carson plays. Edwards, he's capable on defense against Carson Edwards to the Bucks would be mm-hmm. great for him. We talked about that, or the yeah. Warriors. No, yeah, Carson Edwards can just shoot, come in and shoot threes. Dylan Windler, kind of like a herder guy, maybe even a better shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty Jerome, we've talked about, just a really smart guy who can make shots. And then I think my my two favorite these these well, you got defensive. Yeah, he's a sophomore though. I'd say he's a little uh, bit. Yeah, he's like a former five star. I'm talking about kind of more off the radar guys. Sure. Because we got a lot of them in the finals. Like with um, Lowry wasn't necessarily a five star. Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, all these dudes. Well, I mean, um, we've talked a lot about Leonard, our even. two favorite high value for like later round mm-hmm. towards the end of the first round is Ty Jerome and Cam Johnson. Like, yeah, I love those. Are really good college players. They're, they're smart. Both- and they have they're they have translatable skills. Great for the whatever team they go to, and they're so mm-hmm. moldable to whatever mm-hmm. team they go to. I like guys that can just fit everywhere. Like exactly. I, then I've, you've got these two defensive supernovas, Matisse Stiebel, who is just—he looks like he's six. There's a lot of players. It's like zone. he may they may be better, mm-hmm. but like they gotta—they're not like as good as a fit with who the teams have and mm-hmm. their playing style. But like I think, like we said, they just fit so well with. So many teams. Well, I think a guy like even like a Matisse Dybul, I, I th- I'm I'm thinking he should be higher and higher because I don't even care about his offense at this point. That dude is going to lock down people in the playoffs. You can just like throw that guy out in the playoffs on Kyrie Irving, and he could shut him down. I feel like that's his future. That's a guy who can guard. Shut five, down a really good player. Yeah, he oh he can shut down elite guards. Well, take put him put him on, on Westbrook. Utah. Put him on yeah. I mean yeah maybe Utah's you, bit big thing was against. The Warriors and the Trailblazers. They couldn't stop their, And even the their, Rockets. Yeah. They couldn't stop their, like, kind of, like... Smaller, Two-guard, like, guards. stars. Yeah. Because all three of those teams I just named are, like, their two best players are, are guards. guards. Yeah. And mm-hmm. besides the Warriors, but... But, like, they have out two KD, elite but, guards. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, no, yeah, a guy like Thiwai, I really hope he falls to a contender. Because, like, I mean, go- imagine Golden State had him. Like, oh, we'll just throw him out on Lowry. Yeah. Maybe even Kawhi for a minute. That would frustrate me. If- exactly. Like, Thibel is such a good defender. He's probably the best perimeter defender of the decade, and I'm not even sure I'm exaggerating about that. Yeah. And then, of course, my guy Brandon Clark's the ultimate example. He's going to go probably top ten or so. Uh, just an elite defender, fundamental. You know who else is an upperclassman? Grant Williams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm leaving him off. <laughs> I know. But like, no, just a lot of guys. Even like to get even deeper into it, like Zylan Cheatham <laughs> or Daquan Jeffries from Tulsa. What about Kanate? <laughs> I don't. I doubt Kanate will be uh, of much significance next season. He won't have as big of an impact as uh, take a, Javon he's Carter. He's gonna have to take a big slab out of his stomach to be able to. Move effectively within. A, you don't think NBA he can do that two-handed block on Giannis? No, oh, he's six eight. <laughs> I know. Giannis is th- four inches taller than him already. Right, uh, but no, yeah, we I mean, we've talked a lot about the later parts of this draft, and I just think there's a lot of a lot of quality guys that are college upperclassmen. It's like, are we really? Why are we falling in love with abolishing the one and done when a lot of these guys are? And we're saying the college game is useless and nobody should go there when a lot of these players are developing in college before they get to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And only about half the players are former four-star, five-star guys in the NBA. A lot of them are just guys who've developed into awesome players yeah. over a couple of years in the at the college ranks. All right, gosh, your next hot take. My next hot take has to do with your boy Cam Reddish. Um, uh, my boy. I think, depending on where it goes, and I think he'll go to the Hawks, mm-hmm. unless they trade up to top five. But he will be a legitimate lottery pick type player during his rookie season. You think he's going to produce? An, an and I think if he goes to the Hawks, he can definitely do that. Because oh yeah, for him, he's got to go on I a think, team that's not trying to I win. I think. I think the fact that he was on Duke that had two primary playmakers, mm-hmm. two alpha dogs, right? Two now. alphas. The two of the top three picks, probably. I wouldn't <laughs> say Trey Young is an alpha, but. Because he oh, passes but, the ball yeah, so much. Yeah, he's a much. better passer than anybody he played with. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, more in the Trey Jones Trey Young range. Is gonna <laughs> make your your team better. Yeah, like he's gonna make players around him better. Yeah, and I he's think a, that's, oh yeah, Cameron he's a, is really gonna good passer. F- like thrive. thrive in that type mm-hmm. of situation because he and he's they're gonna be able to space it out a little more. Mm-hmm. Like Duke, they, they Duke had, had no, no spacing. He had to take all the three. Herder's gonna can shoot. Trey Young, Young can shoot. John, John Collins, Collins can, can stretch shoot. the floor. I'm sure they'll get another guy. Vince Carter's shooting a lot of threes. Alex Lynn's taking some. I mean, it's crazy oh, yes, talk. Of course, love Alex Lynn taking threes. <laughs> that corner three where he just like shoves it with his hand. Oh god, it's hilarious. Do you like the Hawks? What if they get Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes? Would you like Cam Reddish then? I don't like Jackson Hayes fit next to John Collins. I think they're too similar of a player. I think they're different. Well, they're different a little bit, but like offensively, I think especially. John Collins is just a much more skilled version of Jackson Hayes, and Jackson Hayes is like Collins, but, but he's better so like such a raw player though. So. I would rather have like a fit like PJ Washington or Brandon Clark. Like man, Brandon Clark and John Collins with just a small ball evolution just sounds well, so appetizing. Theoretically, to me, they the Hawks have the seventeenth pick now. What if PJ falls to seventeen and they get that? PJ? Oh, that would be the steal of the draft if the <laughs> Hawks get PJ there. And then they still got another. I think they pick. need a more defensive-minded center to go and pair next to John Collins. So Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark, maybe Goga, depending on how, how you value his shot blocking abilities. Seku's maybe not can, bad. Seku's interesting because now he's six ten. That's crazy. I thought he was like six six. I didn't know he was. 6'10". But I don't know what you do with him. That makes that makes him. Now he's a power forward, I think, but he's a power forward that has the versatility and the fluidity of a small forward. 
He's and it, it could be and he's we'll similar to a Giannis type player. I don't think he's got the ball handling, but like just in his well, freakish nature. Giannis of his developed athletic. the ball handling. Well, yeah, like, hmm. I think the freakish nature of hell. Giannis his body his rookie season on two yeah. K. He was a sixty three overall. I remember that. I was and like, who like the he hell? Was legitimately didn't him and Middleton sucked their first year. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and now they're two of the best players on the team that had the best record in the NBA. Crazy, but no, yeah. The, I mean, just the the freakishness of of Dumbia's body and athleticism is unparalleled to anybody else in this draft, I think. And taking a flyer on him, definitely in the lottery, is a good idea because he's got he's eighteen years old. It's, it's a tenth pick in this yeah. lottery. In this, he's the youngest draft. player. Him and Horton Tucker are the two youngest players to be drafted or that are, that'll be drafted in the first round. So yeah, why not? I mean, you think Horton Tucker is a guaranteed first round? I'd be pretty shocked if he fell out of it right now. Yeah, just no. Well, we can. I'll do. We'll do a little Horton Tucker, a little mini conversation. Okay, go ahead. Look, yeah. Horton Tucker's just one of those dudes where it's like he's six foot four. Yeah, but he's got seven one wingspan, and he just competes. And is he's going to be a really good defender. And I think his playmaking on, on that offense, wingspan, he's got to be a good yeah. defender. Oh no, but like he's just a hustle guy too. He tries really I think hard. He's bigger, so like if he loses mm-hmm. weight, that'll only. His athleticism, but his athleticism will take off if he turns some of that fat into muscle. And I think he's just like as a his frame is just perfect for a guy who is just going to be a well, tough guy, really good defender, and potential offensive playmaker. Like I think his offensive game has a lot to evolve. I don't necessarily think it's empty, but I think I don't know which direction it'll go. He could become a really good shooter. He shot high volume of threes, like two hundred, almost two hundred attempts. That's Only crazy. shot thirty one percent for but a, a lot freshman. Of, yeah, a lot of those were not like were poor advised shots. And I was yeah, but he's a freshman really and he's gonna yeah, he's gonna game. improve his shot a lot. So I, I just like the potential of his game, and I think he can impact immediately because of how hard he hustles and how good he is as a defender. Well, where right does now. he project like a shooting guard or small forward? I think you can play him either, even though he's six four. More like almost like a a, a peak version. What of about David even a Mwaba. point guard? What about even a point guard? Or is he not that? Uh, no, I don't think he's. I think he's an off-ball guy. Okay. Like my little David Mwaba comparison. David Mwaba. He's like a six-four power where forward. Where did Abdel, go? Maybe it's Abdel Nader. Those kind of guys who are like small, but where did David Mwaba go? Uh, he went Cavs. to the Lakers. He's on the Cavs for a while there. No, but he was at the. He like. Maybe that's Abdel Nader. I don't know. Well I, can't the, uh, I switch those dudes up. League. Adele Nader and Wawa don't look alike at all. I know, but I, their names, I don't know why. So Nader went to Iowa State. So I'm Yo, yeah, that's okay, that's what I'm comparing thinking. him to. I know, so Nwaba's this smaller guy who's like, who can play forward a little bit. Um, but yeah, I like Taylor. All right, my next hot take, my fourth of five hot takes. Um, height is overrated. How about that for a hot take? Look, height is overrated. Height is overrated, man. But you were just talking about how Grant Williams is undersized. Well, I don't think he has the things to make up for it, which is what I'm going to make a point. You went, mm-hmm. All right, so we watched. I watched Toronto uh, dismantle Golden State in the second half. And for most of that second half, they played a backcourt with two six-foot stocky guards. Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be, like, enthralled with people's height. Well, that's, that's if why, you can defend capably, does it even matter? That's how tall why you are? Cla- Carson Edwards seems like mm-hmm. such a great pick in this draft because he's a big-bodied guy. Now there's a difference. He's so similar if to Kyle Lowry. If you're and six I think he's foot, more, he's more yeah, athletic. If you're six foot and slender, that's a different thing. But Edwards is the build of Lowry, where he's just he's like a stocky people. dude. Yeah, and he can get up in people, and he's athletic, and he'll be he can be a good enough defender. Like Lowry can defend Clay Thompson because guess what. Even if someone's seven inches taller than you, you can still defend them on the perimeter. 
Like, it's different. I think it's different if you're a big man and you're undersized. Because, look. Alright, I'm just going to compare it to when me and Kenny, like, play basketball. <laughs> I can guard Kenny on the perimeter perfectly fine, even though I'm 5'8", he's 6'3". It's 7 inches. But in the post, I can't, because guess what? He's just taller than me. But that doesn't necessarily matter as much if you're guarding a guy in the perimeter. And we're past the days where you're going to post up a guard on another guard. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen. They tried it once last night, Golden State did. One time, and it didn't even work. So, it's not a thing. Van Vliet and Lowry have gotten the job done guarding taller dudes all series long, and their team is leading. Partially because of how well they've played. And guess what? They're six foot, so... Maybe our obsession over height, especially with perimeter players, are, is overblown. Who are the players in this draft that you're like, other than Carson Edwards, that like are short, undersized guards that you think? Well, no, I think, well, I mean, I'm more. not even sure if my point applies to this draft in particular, but just overall. Let me just take a look here. I, Horton, Kevin Porter? Horton Tucker's the guy we were just talking about. I think he can play small forward at 6'4", just because he's tough Bible's and the long arms. smaller, right? He's 6'5", but yeah, he can guard power forwards, I think, That's effectively. Fine. I think it's more about your body type more than your height. Because if you're a... Ty if, Jerome, maybe? Yeah. Kyle Guy. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you just you have to be a big-bodied dude, and if you have the toughness and mental aspect, I think the height is kind of you can make up for Kobe that. Kobe White kind of fits that mold a little bit. Yeah, he's a speed demon. Six, <sighs> I don't... He's a bigger-bodied like guy, though. I don't think he's that tall, though. I realize my point doesn't necessarily apply to a ton of dudes in this draft besides, like, Edwards and maybe a few other... Oh, Kobe like, White Shimori is taller. Bonds. He didn't... Yeah. Kobe White's 6'5". Yeah. I did not believe that. That makes me like him even more. I love Kobe White, actually. I'm I'm really coming forward, but no, yeah, just the height. Are we are we thinking are we thinking too much into height with point guards? I think. Look at the look at the best players. Look at the best guards in the NBA. They're not all really. Steph tall. Curry's not that tall. He's six Kyrie, Kyrie, Damian Lillard, Kemba, Chris Paul, Kemba. Basically, if you can score the ball or pass really well or do a combination of those skills. Or you're a good defender, or what have you. Whether you're Trey Young, yeah, like there's not. It's not like being a six foot guard is a is rare in the NBA. Like we got we got plenty of them, and you can be yeah. like Lowry where you're just really tough and a smart passer, or you can be like Lillard where you're six two, six three, and you're just a bucket getter. Him and like Kemba and that thing. So I think there's you don't necessarily have to be really tall. But you have to have like player. some key skills that. Over- yes, I I put on my hot take. I said. Size height is overrated, but your build isn't. You can't be a slender five nine guy or a slender six. Well, that's player. why Russ Smith, who has the record, that's why Russ Smith, Jim Rufford, who has the Russ record for the most, most points, points averaged in, in a in a professional basketball league, which mm-hmm. is like sixty. Oh Jesus! He's Jesus six. Christ. He's six foot, mm-hmm. but like he's skinny. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't. His body can't handle the t- uh, guarding bigger players. I think that's ultimately ultimately why a college superstar like. Tyler Eulis failed. Not necessarily because of his basketball ability. He's skinny. He's just a skinny. And that's why Isaiah Thomas, who's a stockier super athlete, succeeded. Maybe we'll see that with some of the guys in this draft, like Horton Tucker and Edwards, who are a little undersized at their position. Or even Brandon Clark. You don't have the Muggsy Bogues anymore. Well, Muggsy Bogues is... <laughs> Spud Webb. Spud Webb was stocky. Look, okay, I'm saying... <laughs> five foot three dudes are off the table now. Okay, I'm, let's just go ahead and make that a All right, your last hot take, Cameron. This has to do with Kentucky, mm. uh, just because I go there and I know more about Kentucky. We do attend Louisville. the University of Kentucky. But I'd say at least one former Kentucky player will start for their team by the All-Star break. Oh, I think PJ will start for sure, depending on what team he goes uh, I don't think right away any of them will. Not right away. Because I think that's kind of late. Mm-hmm. It's late lottery, early kind of playoff mm-hmm. kind of teams. 
Yeah. But I think PJ, Tyler, and even Kelton have a chance to start. Yeah. I mean, because just like maybe they're not necessarily like super gifted athletes, but they each have like certain skills that work and could work depending mm-hmm. on what franchise selects them. Like we talked about Utah with Kelton. Toughness, competitiveness, a big thing in Utah. That's Keldon. Or a team like Boston. Tyler's a really good shooter. And if they go into a mini rebuild, or like PJ, you just get a guy like the Haw- team like the Hawks are forward thinking. Like, yeah, I see what your point is. Hell, even Tyler on a team like Brooklyn, mm-hmm. where, oh, well, Brooklyn lost Brooklyn's got a ton of shooters, though. Orlando is definitely one. Oh, yeah. Or he, Tyler. He can start or over Kelton, Fournier. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. Or PJ, PJ. Detroit is a mm-hmm. good one because mm-hmm. they need a lot of perimeter shooting and they don't really have. I think Tyler is going to be a guy that Tyler's definitely. While he's might be projected in the twenties right now, Detroit, Orlando, these teams. Oh, like, there's going to be a Boston, lot of mix up after the yeah. lottery. There's going to be so much mix up, and mm-hmm. be like all those teams in the middle there need a shooter. <laughs> oh yeah, and shooting's a, the pretty. I think if you got a shooter like Tyler Hero, you have to reach on him. Wait, I don't know. I wouldn't even say it's a reach. Mm-hmm. He measured out at six six, so he's a big guy. He chases defensively, tries on that end. He's a smarter player than I think he gets credit for. He's a good rebounder, under really underrated rebounder. And look, he's gonna he's just a natural shooter. You can just tell if you've watched him enough games. And you can like even though his percentages were great, he struggled at the beginning of the year. But shooter. we talked about this before, like his development from going to a catch and shoot compared to, to a off the playmaker kind of yeah. shooter, but. Mm-hmm. He's just an, he's a guy, he's going to be a catch and shoot guy that can make threes. I think all of them have a chance, mm-hmm. and I think Tyler's probably the most. Yeah, because he's because of his ability to shoot and defend mm-hmm. right away. But like and I can Kelton, see if if a team reaches on PJ. PJ like Washington, like yeah, like the Wizards or Minnesota. There's some teams that really like Charlotte. There's some teams that really need a big man. Where I can see him almost starting right away, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's Kentucky. All right, the last hot take I have. Actually, this is probably the most boring one, but it's my – this is going to be way out of left field for people that don't know too much about the draft. So oh, is Texas that Tech. No. Texas Tech here. I, I am saying Texas Tech has three future impactful NBA players that is way out in left. this class. That's not boring. In this class, they have three guys that are going to be impactful. In are you talking future. about Mooney? Talk about Matt Mooney. Tariq Owens and Jarrett Culver, obviously. What if I didn't include Jarrett Culver? Be honest, <laughs> Just be like, scorching. Moretti. <laughs> yeah, Moretti. No, I mean guys coming out oh, that are sorry. leaving the program. Okay. Odiasa is the only other guy I can think of that's even leaving. Uh, but no, Culver obviously is going to be impactful because I I watched a replay of their of not another one of their games. I've watched a lot of Texas Tech. I replays. did watch a replay of. A- Texas Tech and Oklahoma State was on yesterday. I was like, why not watch, I watch Jared Culver? I watched Texas Tech and USC today to scout Kevin Porter and these guys. And then I watched Texas Tech and Texas to get Jackson Hayes info. A lot of Texas Tech for me. But no, they're a fun team. A lot of Big 12. But with Texas Tech, um, okay, with Texas Tech, you got Culver, who we don't need to talk about him. I, I just, I've moved him up to number three on my big board, competitive Competitive defender, uh, just really good passer, really smart player. I, he's, I think he's a really hard worker. You don't like his jump shot, but I think he's going to— I don't like his shot selection either. I think he's going to get in the gym and just shoot the hell out of the ball over the summer, which I, I like awesome. his work ethic. Um, but no, Matt Mooney and Tariq Owens are two dudes you will not find on any top 150 big boards. You could have 300 <laughs> players. Owens and Mooney will not be on there. Um, but look, guess what? Mooney, to me, is Fred Van Vliet 2.0. We just talked about size. And Mooney's a guy in the Final Four. Um, 
I mean, no matter what, even against Gonzaga, he's being guarded by Zach Norvell. He's guarding Zach Norvell, and he was the best player in the matchups he was a part of. He's just a really smart defender who's tough. I love the way he plays, just his touch all around. Matt Mooney is like a guy I'm like, oh, like, that's that's a bold one. That's a no. He went to the Air Force where he's disciplined, but no, just he... He knows work ethic, I guess. He's he's one of the smartest players I've seen. He's such an incredible passer. He can play off-ball. To me, watch. I was watching today, and I was like, oh my... I was originally just going to make this hot take about Tariq Owens, but I was like, oh my god, I'm watching another Fred Van Vliet right here in front of me. He just has... I Against size, I know he's six foot tall or whatever, six two maybe, but he just finds a way to score, and he's efficient, and he's a really good passer. Uh, and a good defender gets a lot of steals. So look, I, I I know it's a long shot he'll even get a shot in the NBA, but I think if he does, it's just he just got those skills that are hard to pass up on when you see him play against other players. He did it in college. He did it in the Final Four. He was their leading scorer in the I tournament. I don't dislike that one. But. And then my guy Tariq Owens, go watch Tariq Owens. In a game. Who doesn't need a rim-running center that can play really good? You will not forget this guy's on the court for five seconds because he's on the floor diving for loose balls. Really good defender. Uh, Not necessarily a scorer, but, like, he's just, like, I'll do everything that you want. He can impact a team like Jordan Bell did. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. even Kevin Looney. Mm -hmm. If he gets, like, bigger build. Because Kevin Looney was the same. Well, that's the knock on Owens. Kevin Looney was, like, really slender. (laughs) Owens Owens frame is just, he's skinny as I am. Kevin Looney was really skinny. Now he's bigger. Now he's bigger. If I don't, I worry about uh, Owens frame because I'm not sure he can put that kind of weight on. But still, even if he doesn't, that guy can guard Kevin Durant. I I think he could effectively guard Kevin Durant. How many players in the world can say that? Because, like, he's really fast. He runs the floor like a gazelle. And he's smart on offense. He doesn't make stupid decisions. He's all over the place at all times. Hustle guy. Um, and he's an elite defender, shot blocker. And he plays like he's seven foot three. When I read he was 6'10, I was like, what? It's like, wait, what? This guy looks like he's seven foot three when he's out playing there. I'm like, I love Owens. I, I, Chris Beard is my guy. His program's. Obviously incredible, just followed up an Elite Eight season with a runner-up season, and there could be championships in the future, but he just has an eye for talent and how to build a team that's tough defensively and has enough scoring. I don't know. I like it. Owens. Give Owens a shot. Here's my my hottest takes of this draft will be Tariq Owens and Cam Reddish, I think, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. (sighs) Tariq Owens. Love him. Love Tariq Owens. Watch, he'll get, like... (sighs) I'm, we're reaching Karis. We're gonna reach Karis LeVert levels if he gets signed to like a, a summer league team. I'll be all in on Tariq Owens. I'll buy a jersey. I'm buying a Texas Tech Tariq Owens jersey. Yeah. So that way, in ten years, when he's one of when he's an All NBA center, like Rudy it'll Gobert, be worth something. Yeah, it'll be worth. No, I'm not gonna sell no. it. Never. He'll be my guy forever. All right. All right. Those are our hottest. Him, are you not gonna get a Mooney? Jersey, if he comes, becomes something. If he becomes something like Van, if he becomes Van Vliet level, I think everybody should come bow down to me. You know, that'd be just one hell of a find that nobody had. <laughs> There's people that thought Van Vliet would be good. I don't see anybody thinking Mooney or Owens will be good. <laughs> but I'm putting Owens in my top thirty big board because I don't care how old he is. He's like 24, but. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> you just don't see hustling guys that can block. You don't shots. see former St. John's guys that yeah. end up going to Texas Tech and going to the national championship. 
I should have put in it's there. The first one for that. I should have put in there. Guaranteed. Age is overrated too. <laughs> should have been my height and age are overrated. You know everything that like people that make mock drafts drool over. Oh, potential is young and oh, he's six. I always, I always knocked at that. It's like, do you realize like half the time players don't stay at a team for more than three or four years? Yeah, it's like, like yeah. How long? How often do you see a guy put his whole career at one team? Well, like no, even just in the past few, you don't anymore. Besides, like super superstars, like, like how, Kobe. Yeah, how many times in the past couple years have we even seen? How many former first-round picks from like 2015 are even with the same team? You can go There's to a ton NBA, of dudes that are most NBA of them drafts are. in 2016. Mm-hmm. I guarantee. You. All those like, dudes nope, might nope, still nope. be effective players in the league, like in the first round. There's a lot of good ones, but not a ton of them are still with necessarily the team they started out with. Like just like at 2015, we got D'Angelo Russell and Okafor, the number two and three picks, and they're all obviously on a different team. Kristaps Porzingis, like just all Okafor, these dudes. Porzingis, Hazonia's oh, still on there. Collie's no, Hazonia left. Hazonia was drafted the Magic. He's on the Knicks now. Okay. Emmanuel Mudiay is gone. Stanley Johnson? He's gone, been right? traded. Yeah, different team. Frank Kaminsky's still there. Justice Winslow's still there. Miles Turner's still there. Trey Lyles is gone. Devin Booker's still there. Cameron Payne's gone. Exactly. Kelly Oubre's gone. Taylor Gill's still there. So when we're talking about potential, it's like, okay, so... There ha- That's over a, half. There's like a 50% chance ago. that when this guy hits ago. his peak, and if it takes him a while to develop, it's not even going to be in your franchise. No. So sometimes go for the older guy who you know is going to impact immediately. And you might have a better sense of what his role is going to be, the definition of his role in the NBA, rather than having to wait a few years when the guy might not even be on your team anymore. The 2016 drafts. I'm just curious. It's kind We're of just fun curious to go at through. this point. You know, Ben Simmons mm-hmm. still there. Dragon okay. Bender. Dragon okay, Bender. First one is Chris Dunn. <laughs> He's Buddy Hill. Who did he get? Oh, he got drafted to the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, yeah. Marquise Chris. Mar- no, he's he's no, on he's the Cavs now. <laughs> Jakob Purtle, gone. Tom Raker, gone. DeMontis Sponis, gone. Torian Prince, gone. Papianis, gone. Yeah. Denzel Valentine's still there. That's, that's like a Just lot. listen to all those people. Gone, 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 gone. Yeah. Aside from like the top, usually the top couple picks, the middle is just... It's, Pascal it's a free Siakam is still there. Yeah. That's a great pick. Late 27th pick. Mm. Man. Shinano Anuaku is not there anymore. Sorry, <laughs> he was sorry a first to say. round pick. No, I... he was the second round pick. Oh my god, I was gonna say I cannot believe that. <laughs> god, Anuaku was picked higher than Montrez Harrell. That's ridiculous. No, Wait, was Harrell late first? Harrell round? was. I thought Harrell was oh. almost a second round guy. He was a second round guy. So was the Anuaku. I know, but oh, was uh, Harrell? Harrell like was like the third pick in second round. Anuaku was like seventh or eighth. But like, still, those guys were drafted near each other. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um, looks like that's all that's we will have time for today. Um, hour and fifteen minutes, longer podcast than we expected, but little finals talk recap, projection into the future, and then our our hot draft takes. I think next week we'll have one more draft podcast. Then I leave for New York uh, mm-hmm. from the sixteenth to the twenty first. Maybe we'll do one on the phone. Oh yeah, I'm just call a little her. right before the draft because then I'll be getting home the night of the draft. We'll do. We can do immediate reaction draft. Podcast. Yeah, we'll just do that. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our favorite picks and our least favorite picks. Keep the two man game podcast. Check your feed for the two man game podcast. You'll you'll be seeing it a lot, you know. And then as always, keep checking bustingbrackets.com for my work. Of course, you know. Want to see uh-huh. me? I wrote a, I wrote a big Larry piece. NFL.com coming to you. In the fall. Are we still going to do that? We are going to do that. He wants to bring us back. 
Did he say that? That's what he said, like, right before it ended, like, at the Super Bowl. Uh, well, dude, I'm, I'm going to be tied up in a lot of other stuff. You might be able to do it. I'm going to do this easy social media job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have God. fun doing it. I just mm-hmm. watch NFL games and tweet whatever I want. Yeah, just tweet whatever the hell you want. Exactly. No, I, I wrote a big thing on uh, on Busting Brackets about Minnesota and Seiko Dumbia, and I talked about Phantom Thread, the movie. <laughs> I love making movie references in articles because the people that get it are real ones. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what did I, God, I was saying something. Who was I comparing it to? I was saying Jimmy Butler was like Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Somehow I made that that's comparison. A, that's a weird That's a comparison. <laughs> well, yeah, if you've seen Phantom Thread, you'd know. Mm. Too bad I haven't. So no, yeah, I don't understand. don't waste your time. It's an awful movie, and I hated all the characters that weren't Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> okay, it's like I hope you all die in this mansion. That oh, you, you hate everybody down. but Daniel Day Lewis, so you like Jimmy Butler. No, I was comparing him to that situation where I was like, I was like Daniel Day Lewis walked into this English manor with like real housekeepers and was like, ah, with me a little bit of a budget, we can make in this group of random housekeepers we, we can make a we can make an oscar winner out of, or an oscar nomination out of this and he did it it's like jimmy butler like looking around at his scrubs like we can beat the starters with this club <laughs> that kind of comparison all right uh well we'll see you in the coming week this was supposed to be a shorter one but it ended up being hot draft takes are fun one. hot draft takes are fun we, we got a long, lot long talk about uh-huh. finals too so. yeah and as always brandon be. clark is going to be a top three pick in the nba draft okay so is uh zion <laughs> Really? Hot take. All right, where's Chris Early?